0: What is up, everyone? Welcome back to The Undialed Podcasts. Today is the very first episode. This is a kind of continuation off of the previous podcast we've done in the past. We've just done a couple on The Undialed channel. Um, if you guys are here from The Undialed channel and have been told to come over here, well, welcome. Welcome, we're, everyone. We're going to start doing um, pretty awesome frequent podcasts which is going to be pretty awesome and it's going to mainly be geared towards getting into the reasons why scooter riders do certain things and just just getting to know people within the scooter industry it's just going to be all around scooter themed podcasts but we're going to try to dig beneath the surface so that's the whole goal of this show and also we're trying to make it like um we don't want to have any boundaries for
1: this because i feel like a lot of podcasts do and we kind of want everyone to be able to say what they want so that way there's just a freedom of just communication and so everyone just has a good time and I feel like you learn a lot more if someone is just a lot more open than having like boundaries that they're like "Ooh, can I talk about this can I not so we're trying not to have that and this might it's gonna be a very rare occasion when you actually see me sitting here because I'm actually gonna be behind the scenes um making every Making sure everything runs properly, and then Will's going to be doing more of the communication sides of things. So it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm
0: going to be the one talking to whoever I'm talking to, so that that's going to be a good good time. We're going to have lots of guests on here. We're going to be talking about a lot of insightful stuff. So the guests that we're going to be having on are going to be interesting guests, people you have heard of, maybe you haven't heard of, and it's just going to be their takes on what scootering is and what scootering isn't. So. We're going to hear some really interesting opinions on this show. We're going to hear some things that might make some sense. We're going to hear some things that might not make any sense. But that's where this, that's the whole point of the show is, is basically an outlet for all of those viewers and speakers.
1: Exactly. Which actually, um, i have like some questions written down for you and- I know that you've been wanting to do this podcast for quite a long time. Yes. And why is that exactly? Is it because you just enjoy communication with people or like you want to learn more about someone or like
0: what's like the the main reason? I think that the reason that I want to do this podcast so badly is I feel like there's a big divide in, in who a person is and the actions they do on their scooter. I feel like. I feel like it's really hard a lot of the times to gauge who a person actually is. Um, when you, all you ever see from them is the scooter tricks they are doing or the content that they upload to Instagram. Like I, I feel like this, I feel like so much of scootering is built off of friendship. I feel like the backbone of scootering is built off of friendships. The reason so many kids enjoy scootering so much is because it's something they do with their friends And I feel like personality really matters within the scooter industry. And I want there to be an outlet to put people's personality like on blast. Yeah. And also, as Daniel said, um, I remember we made an
1: Instagram post or actually I think it might have just been on a story, but he was like, just post a picture of
0: your face or something because I don't know what you guys look like. Yeah. Yeah, Well, it's, it's often there's plenty of kids out there that. I feel like I, I know exactly what their sho- their shoes look like, and I know exactly what <laughs> the stickers on their head tube look like. But I it I has. have no idea what their face looks like. Yeah. it's pretty funny sometimes. I feel like when me and Clayton go to these events, we meet these Instagram kids, and I'm like, who? Heard, are you? Yeah, who are you? Who are you? And they're like, Will, we've talked, and I'm like, What's your Instagram? And then they tell me, and I'm like, Oh.
1: Honestly, sometimes I don't even know kids instagram handles i have to like see their actual page like see and their I, profile I, yeah. picture and i'm like oh that's you like i remember um this kid from russia what's his name faz Fazlord, lord whatever he did like the three flip drop into that resi yeah something like that yeah and i remember I, he walked up to me he was like oh hello clayton like nice to meet you and i was like what's up dude and yeah same thing He was like we've talked and blah 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 and i felt so bad and then finally
0: like he like showed me who he was i was like
1: oh dude like you're insane
0: yeah 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 i to answer your question further I, th- I feel like the other reason that i feel like a podcast needs to happen with undialed is i feel like undialed initially from the start was for the community it was something that me and clayton started still is. Um, on one end out of desperate to make rent but on the other end as as a backbone of the scooter community, um, at least at least as much as Clayton and I can do. Um, and I feel like we do a really good job putting on the community through Instagram. I feel like the Undialled Instagram repost page has really captured so much attention in scootering and it's pushed scootering into, I don't know, and in just into more of a community. I feel like there's such a community based around the Undialled page. And I feel like, Clay and I don't really do a lot of that. Me, me and you. Just letting everyone know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, like basically I feel like Clayton and I don't spend enough effort putting that same energy into our YouTube content as our Instagram work. And I feel like it's a little bit harder to do um on youtube because it's not like we can't just start a youtube channel where we just re-upload other youtubers youtube videos like
1: that that would be i mean you you kind of can but Mm -hmm. it's it has to be like a highlight video it can't be like you post someone's 10 minute long video and then you post another 10 minute long
0: video like imagine just reposting like raymond warner had a banger video today just repost the entire video like I, be weird it like it do, it doesn't translate the same no. onto instagram and i feel like i feel like a podcast is such an open canvas to the people that come onto the show of yeah. how they want to show themselves and i feel like it's such a it's such a good place for riders to give off their energy and show the community who they really are and mm-hmm. i feel like there's there's been scooter podcasts in the past that have That have tried to work, um, including ourselves, and Mm -hmm. and I feel like that the only one that is really going to I feel like do any traction besides is uh, the Northern Limited podcast from Daniel. He's going to do a really good job, but I feel like that's a whole potentially a whole different market than the Undialed podcast. Um, So I feel like we. Like we're not going to be stepping on each other's toes, as yeah. well as, as well as like Daniel ha- brings a whole different energy to the table. He's gonna, people are gonna react differently to his questions. Yeah. He's gonna ask different questions. Like it's just gonna be a whole different, whole different vibe. And the other cool thing about it too is like the collaboration between Dan- us and and Daniel. As exactly, well. that's the other thing is like yeah. if if we're doing podcast and Daniel's doing podcast, it gives him more motivation to do his, and it gives us more motivation to do ours. And I feel like. I feel like that's just something that's that's gonna be really cool. But besides from me and Daniel, like, there's literally like no other scooter podcasts. Like, true. In, in, unless I'm being completely ignorant. Like, if I'm being completely ignorant, I'm sorry. There's like the Hag House one, but I think no, that, they one, only that did one that one like for a couple like couple times. That that worked for like two episodes, and yeah. I feel like I feel like a, a common thing that happens with scooter podcasts. They blow like they
1: start like and they they post a lot, and then all of a sudden they just like get over it and stop doing
0: it. Well, it's more than that. I feel like they just post a lot of bullshit. And, I, and the reason I say that is because, like, there's not, like, in-depth questions. And I feel like people don't actually, like, really get onto conversations that could be potentially, like, using their critical thinking. And yeah. I feel like a lot of the questions that they get asked is just, like, yo, dog, so, like, when would you get sponsored? <laughs> and it's just, like, these really easy questions that are, like, too easy to answer. But I feel like when I was a kid, like, I would always try to watch, like, I almost like Day in the Lifes a lot because I feel like it really showed like the person's personality. And I catch myself a lot these days watching podcasts because I like I genuinely like the the energy that a conversation, especially between two people, gives off. And I like I like being a presence of that conversation. And I feel like there's so many kids out there that want the opportunity to speak to, to pro-scooter riders and be around pro-scooter riders. And I feel like this is just a good opportunity for that to yeah. transpire. Yeah, exactly.
1: And also I feel like when a big issue with people and how they do their podcasts is they don't necessarily do it just like a conversation. They do it like an interview, right? Exactly. Like they have the same questions. It's kind of like when we did the Scooter Farm um, like interviews and hour in the Barnyards. We just had the same questions for every single person. And I guess at the time my like, podcasts weren't
0: really a thing. So like... Yeah, there wasn't, it wasn't what it, they had a different definition, I feel like then. I feel like, I feel like the podcast, what we're thinking of, where you ask questions, almost like interview is yes, definitely done within scootering. I feel like you can go and find an interview for just about any scooter rider. Yeah. But it's not like a real conversation where they tell funny stories, where they no. talk about who they really want to be. And I feel like, I feel like Undialed is such a great thing because it's on one end, like clayton is like a park rider and i'm more of a street rider so it's like we we don't have like anyone that couldn't come on you know we we don't have any that works out exactly it's it's, we have all angles of everything and i feel like i just feel like it's going to be like good for the community and that's like the main reason that i want to do it so bad exactly and i feel like that's why undialed has become successful
1: we talk about this all the time but because you kind of bring all the street kids into undialed i bring all the park kids into undialed and it just makes like this perfect entity kind of kind of like bringing the entire community together because there is this big divide Mm -hmm. and i feel like that has helped kind of everyone work together and not be so like i don't know like not scrutinize the other person that's riding completely differently everyone's kind of becoming more accepting like we Mm -hmm. should because i don't I mean like no hate towards skateboards but I feel like skate and skateboarding it's the same way like if you do a backflip on a skateboard you're deemed as being whack you know what I mean but on a scooter you should be able to do whatever you want and everyone should work together since we are such a small community
0: I feel like we're we're a growing community and I feel yeah. like Getting I feel like it's bigger. it's really up to the the older riders in the scene to either pursue the st- park and street drama or just not pursue it. And I feel like the best, I feel like honestly, in like the pro scene. And you mean scene, pursue it in like in what way? I'll get into it. So I mean, in like the, I feel like in like the older park scene and even in the older street scene, just the older scooter scene, like if you go to like a scooter event or event, like the park and the street guys are hanging out with each other. There's no, there's no sort of beef amongst like the older riders. No. But I feel like, I feel like through the content that older riders post and the way that they are chosen to, to be seen usually shows that they either ride park or they either ride street right when that transpires down to the kids they genuinely think that that park and street is like a label or an identifier and maybe maybe it kind of is like i i said it like clayton has the park kids i have the street like maybe it kind of is but i feel like i feel like that whole connotation of like you have to choose At the very beginning what scooter rider you're going to be and you can only stay in that lane is like horrible.
1: Yeah. And it has been kind of pushed into kids' heads because because of that. And they think like, oh, like once I start doing kicklesses, I have to forever do kicklesses.
0: Why do you think that started? I
1: think it's from a group of riders. I'm not going to say any names. But I think from all their comments that they leave... And that's kind of
0: pushed no, other riders to follow. That, I feel like that's like, uh, something that, that reinforces it. I don't think that's the initial starting point. What okay. do you think the initial starting point of it was? I don't know. Maybe it's just because
1: they posted something on Instagram or YouTube that did well. And they kind of developed this style through, I don't know, having all these people enjoy what they're posting. So they, they think that they need to keep to that. And then if they don't stay with that, then they're going to get hated on, which kind of happens. Like, like for me, like since I've dropped like more park edits and street edits, obviously, um, I feel like if I do any sort of grind, kids get all butthurt and say like, Oh, Clayton's going street, blah, blah, blah. He's changing his whole style. And when that happens with other kids, after they've you know started youtube instagram i feel like that affects them because they get kind of insecure about it and it really all comes down to insecurity and that's why people feel like they need to stick with it do you ever feel insecure about doing grinds no i think i think sometimes maybe cuz like i do get a
0: lot of comments from that and i mean just... you were just thinking about that like that hard Like, do you, do? does it get, does it get to a little bit when a scooter ride, like a scooter kid says, like,
1: I guess, like, I'm not scared. Like, I'm not like, like, I don't care. Like, I love doing grinds. I like doing everything, but it's more irritating when a kid is like, oh, you're going street blah, blah, blah. Normally it's a joke, but like, there are some kids that take it so seriously. And I'm like, dude, like, just let people do whatever they want. Cause that's when it, that's really what it all comes down to. Like, just like the world is full of opinions and
0: I feel like you can't see, see what I try to take away from Parkin street. And maybe this is just an optimistical viewpoint on it. Maybe there's so many scooter tricks out there. There's such a vast amount of scooter tricks, millions that, that, that you couldn't possibly be a master of all of them. No. So you have to choose a discipline and that's where it came from. Who do you think is the closest to mastering every trick? That's an interesting question. Who's the best scooter rider in the world in that sense? Yeah, like the like the best all around rider. We talk about this quite a bit, which I, I think. And I I have I I have a tough. I have three, three people who I think could contend for that title. Is one Chris Ferris? Chris Ferris is one of them. Richard Zelenka. Richard Zelenka is the other. And Ryan, Williams. I, dude, I'm saying Roumet is in there.
1: Oh. God, I didn't even think about Romette, dude. Romette's so good. It's, he did a 1080 bar in his run at freaking um, Extreme Barcelona. Like this last one? Yeah. He, I guess he won. I haven't seen the full thing. Gosh. Um, and won. I think he... I, let me check, actually, because I know he competed in, in uh, BMX as well.
0: What if he won BMX? Dude, imagine. That would just be the biggest slap in the face. Um, let's see. I think it's already a slap in the face how Ryan Williams wins bike comps but can't <laughs> win scooter comps, <laughs> Um,
1: yeah. The only thing he posted was, or some guy tagged him and said, just won scooter park finals, but ready for BMX park finals. So, yeah, he won that. I don't. Yeah, he hasn't posted anything about it. Mm. But we'll find
0: out. I and- think. Okay, Richard. I love. I love Richard. But I do I think. It, I think what it is is. I think it's Chris rumette and Ryan, but it's like it, it's then it's a close one between Richard and Chris. Like, because I think Richard's a little bit better at street than Chris is, but I think, I think so. Park. I think Chris is a little bit better at like, I don't know, dude. But I don't know. Richard can do can do it all. Richard can. Richard can also do it all. Max
1: Peters. Max Peters is up there.
0: Max Peters can't ride mega ramp like any of them though. I, I just don't think he's had the opportunity to. I think we we'll have to base it off of what they've done, not what they fair. Po- could projectedly do. And there's, also Chris, Ma- Chris and there's also Derek. There's also Derek Moore. Chris and
1: Richard can both ride Mega. Yeah. Um Derek hasn't really rode Mega. He did so the, yeah, Derek's he, he, out. he did the six bar, but he's never rode Nitro. Chris Ferris did freaking seven twenty fronty over third box or the yeah, the third ramp on the mini mega at
0: Woodward East as well bound over skater cross box. Oh yeah. Oh
1: god, dude.
0: Yeah. So, I think there's top 4. It's 4. It's Richard, Rumet, Chris, and Ryan. Oh, we can't do 4. We got to do 5. Top 5. Okay, so who's the last one? Ooh. I wouldn't say I would say Cody I, Donovan. I, right, I no he hasn't run no mega though. I would say I would say Juzzy could be in there because he's an incredible park rider. And but he doesn't do flips. But he doesn't do flips, so that that ejects him. Yeah. Um, if there was no upside
1: down portion of this and Mega, I like Juzzy would definitely be on there. But but
0: nope. Nah, no. Oh, shoot. Who else? Derek Mar. But he doesn't have Mega. Yeah. He I doesn't. already said him. Um, I'm just trying to think of all the Nitro guys. Maybe Matisse.
1: Ooh. But I guess he has done some double flips on Nitro.
0: He did a double flip to Manny. <laughs> oh yeah. He did double back flip to Manny. <gasps> oh like what? Okay, maybe Matisse. Maybe Matisse. Will but Scott?
1: He but No Mega. No Mega. Uh, I don't know,
0: man. Dude, just the absolute animals. I'm trying to think of, like, who's all... Who do you think would... Okay, if they were all playing Scoot, and, and and like... What about Capron? No, he doesn't do No rides. way, dude. I feel like
1: everything but Street. If he had, like, Street stuff and was good at it, then yeah, but... But Capron, yeah,
0: like... I feel like all four of those riders have impeccable style as well. And I feel like... That's Cap- true. I feel like... That's, like, another key component yeah it's making everything look super super easy just style i feel like
1: style and tricks i mean capron has a really good style he has a good park style he doesn't have like a good all-around style like his like all the guys we're talking about ride big scooters and they can do all those tricks on big scooters you gotta step it up now dude i know i'm i'm waiting i'm waiting for the right deck
0: i'm waiting i am uh we'll I, see i don't know i we'll just leave it at that four for now yeah how about we'll leave this fifth one up to you guys in the comments who do you maybe we're just missing who we might be completely missing somebody who who would that be dude this is gonna bug me
1: oh well that's fine but that actually brings me to dylan morrison done dylan i don't know why i've never even thought but about it, Dylan. like I want to say like Dylan's got mega. He's got street. He's dropped a street park and he can
0: do like every park trick. Yeah. Dylan.
1: I feel like there's like a, some, I feel
0: like I, like I love Dylan, my good friend, but like, I feel like there's like a component that he's kind of missing out on. Like, like what? Like he's, Flatland. He's good at manuals. So
1: it's not manuals. He can do cope. Crazy coping grinds. He can do grinds. He can spin in and grind, spin out, trick in, trick out. He can double flip, five flare. He can go higher than anyone else
0: on a quarter, on a five flare. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll give it to Dylan. Does the top five. If there's anyone else, though, please. Anyone else?
1: That's something that's lacking in scootering, dude. It's just all around riders. Because, like, literally, there's just, like... Like, we talk about this all the time. And I feel like this is, like, hard for us to talk. Because it's, like like we talk about freaking everything but dude there's just this whole side of scootering right so like there's the the whole divide right there's like the street guys the park guys and then there's like just the few very small amount of all-around riders there's no contest for all-around riders
0: yeah imagine yeah Imagine, I dude. feel like the whole reason that there's a divide in scootering is because of how the competitions are laid out. Mm-hmm. That's why there's the divide. Yep.
1: When you first started riding scooters, were you ever, like, interested in competing? Was that ever anything that was on your mind? Or were you kind of just, like, more focused
0: on just learning tricks and kind of just going with the flow? I I think that when I first initially got into scootering... um. I, I feel like I, I appreciated contests. I I didn't really have any interest to in be in it, though, because the whole reason I wanted to scooter is so I wouldn't have to be in a competitive sport. Um, I also, like, didn't have any skate parks near my house where I could, like, really... I feel like train park tricks to, my, to, like, what I needed to get them to. So, like, I felt like I would never really have a chance at scooter comps. Plus, I was, like... I just... I wasn't working on competition tricks. I was working on grinds. I was working on fifty-fifties. I was working on just my own stuff. Like I, and also there wasn't like competitions near me. Like there wasn't any sort of scooter competitions. All of them were in Southern California, and that yeah, was. In, there's never any up in the Bay. No, and there's there wasn't any street jams. There was like there was no sort of contest. My my first. My first contest ever was Feast. Oh, yeah. was Feast Spine Comp. Which is in front of like 20, 30,000 people. Feast Spine Finals. <laughs> that was really funny that that was my first scooter comp. It was the biggest one. Wait, so they don't have
1: any qualifiers? Like they didn't have a qualifier for you? Or did everyone else qualify, but you took someone else's spot that qualified?
0: Richard got sick.
1: Oh, yeah. And he had already qualified? Is that what
0: it I was? I guess so. And you were like, all right, tag me and coach. Well it wasn't even put that. It was just Lewis, my team manager at the time, Lewis Crampton. Um he he hit me up and he was like, All right, well, Richard has the flu. You're in. And I was like, What? <laughs> what? And then I got put in, so then I I, I was just in charge of doing that contest. And did it make you like nervous at all? Absolutely, I was nervous. Um and I got second to last place. Nice. <laughs> um I beat John Reyes. Ooh, Flat King. Um but besides from that, that's that, that was that was the competition, but no, I've never really like wanted to like be in scooter competitions. I feel like I feel like if I was in a scooter competition I would like want to somehow be in control of creating the skate park that I was doing the contest on. So that way I could make my run really unique. Yeah. And I feel like, like, I don't know. I just, dude, it'd be so cool if people actually like the, the
1: contests that make skate parks for the event, it'd be sick if they actually like communicate with the riders to see actually what they wanted to ride. Yeah, but that doesn't happen. No. And it, I feel like it'd be hard to do that because everyone would say different things, but you would probably get a good insight of what you would want to build and what everyone else would want. So that way there'd be like the best contest. But I feel like people that organize contests don't care enough to actually go that deep into it. Yeah. It's like the same thing when people design skate parks, like, uh, like for Ronca, for example, um, they didn't talk to any other rider. It was just
0: one person coming up with everything. And well it was the dad of uh it was like Susie's wife that built I mean <laughs>
1: Susie's <laughs> husband that built it, yeah, but the person that designed it was their son,
0: and they didn't talk to anyone else yeah that skate park was trash going back to contests, though <laughs> i've i've uh I've competed in scoot fest um which was actually this like live nitro circus filmed contest which was really cool. Um and I got 13th place in the street finals. Oh yeah. The, yeah. Wait, that was your second one? That was sec no, my second one was this uh Sovereign of Street qualifier in LA. Um Oh yeah. And I got 4th place. Um and then the next one was did that not qualify you for sovereign or did you have to win We were gone on a trip for sovereign I, regardless, oh, regardless of okay. if I made it or not Um but, but, but sovereign
1: was like the first like actual big street comp right
0: Well I think what it was is I think it was top I think it was just the top person of Sovereign of, of that, that comp at Sovereign of Street got in. And then all of the other riders, the companies had pre, the companies that sponsored the event had pre selected their riders. There was just one wild card or a couple wild cards. Um, and that was one of the ways that you got the wild card was winning that little, little competition. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure that's how it was. Honestly, from what I saw, like the competition was sick.
1: But from the people I talked to, they were like, said it was kind of funky.
0: Yeah, but it, I feel like every contest is kind of funky. Yeah, there's always something weird about it. Then I had uh, two ISA competitions, qualifiers, back-to-back. I had one in Kansas City. Or not in Kansas City. I had one in Kentucky. And I didn't do very well at that one. But then I had one in as That's the Allen, one that we Texas. went on the Hang 5 gear trip, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. And I had one in Allen, Texas, where I actually beat Clayton. So, Did you? Yeah, I got fourth, baby. And you got like ninth. Oh shit, I don't even remember that. The one, that's where we met Spencer for the first time. On that Kansas City, I mean, on that RV trip. We <laughs> were Brad, all so sick, too. Brad was on that. Corey was on that. We all came down with something. And then I retired from competing. Yeah, you hung, the, hung up the jersey after that? Yeah, well, no, no, actually, no, no, then that qualified me for the U.S. finals, Um, and I got smoked, I didn't do well, it was at Chino, I hate Chino, I hate Chino, I like all the Chino locals, everyone from Chino's cool, but Chino Skate Park sucks, you want to talk about why Chino Skate Park sucks? Dude, I don't know. (laughs) Do you, you agree it sucks
1: though? It sucks, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that park is honestly only fun When no one's there It's just one of those parks But if there's like more than four people I'd hate it It's horrible It's like in order for me to ride that skate park I have to flow it It's a great looking skate park Yes, not a great feeling skate park It's a it's great, great skate
0: park to take a photo of your scooter it's Yeah a, It's a great skate park to Be a, a cover of a skateboarding magazine Facts I
1: feel like Venice skate park carries a
0: similar energy. Oh yeah, no, it's
1: very like aesthetically pleasing, but it like kind of sucks. But Venice, wait, is Venice slippery? Yeah, I feel like it is. Yeah, I feel like it has that same place. I don't know what it is about slippery skate parks. Even like Woodward West inside the hangar, when that's slippery, I get really uncomfortable on my scooter. Like you know how like I don't know like whenever you're riding down a street, I've and like, you're obviously not going to slip and slide, right? I felt so secure on my scooter. But once I'm on like a slippery surface, it's like, it's like I've never rode before almost. Like, it's like a completely different feeling. I, I feel like I am just kind of out of control. Like I could just, I don't know. It, it just is something that doesn't make me feel comfortable. And that's why I don't like chinos. Because the whole time I feel really uncomfortable because I know I have to land everything like perfect because it's so slippery. I don't know why it's so
0: slippery. I feel like it's not even how slippery Chino is. I feel like Woodward West, I never get bothered how by how slippery it is. Even when it's the most slippery. I feel like I, I acknowledge that it's slippery and I and I notice it, but I don't not I don't think it affects my riding at all. Um I think the reason I don't like Chino is I I don't like the people that are there. And not the scooter riders, like the other people that are there. It's like the vibe of it. The vibe sucks. Um and just like how the skate park flows is pretty trash, because every line intersects somebody else's line, and like in order to ride that skate park to the fullest extent, it really you really have to, you really have to ride the entire park, yeah, as like an entire park, and I feel like that just doesn't happen because there's so many people that go there. The only time I ever have a good time really riding that
1: skate park is at like 7 a.m. when they open. Yeah. And that's always before contest. That's the only time I ever go there. It's not a park that I'm like, let's go out of our way to get a Chino skate park. Yeah, I know a lot of people love it though, so no hate on it. If you like the skate park, that's fine, but just not my cup of tea. Little Chino's fun. Little Chino is fun. And whatever park is down the street with like that wall ride, Montclair what it is? Montclair Skate Park. Yeah, that park's sick. I went there with Branson. That skate park is really fun. Oh, I was there with Branson and Tommy Dang. I think I was there with you guys. I think you might have been. It was like right, it was like the
0: day after. We went to that park and then we went to, we stayed in Venice Beach the next day. Oh, yeah. That
1: was fun, actually, and we still didn't go to the skate park. Yeah. I've been to Venice skate park one time, and it was when I first started riding. It's like one of my first times in California.
0: I have like not much of a desire to ride the skate park. Not even when
1: I went there and I like sucked. It still wasn't like that great.
0: I feel like the whole skate park is covered in sand. Yeah. I feel like. The features there are very unique, but not origi- like unique, but not like innovative. Like I feel like all the quarter pipes there have coping that just does like this. Like, all the quarter pipes are, like, mimicked to look like waves to be yeah. aesthetically pleasing. But I feel like that doesn't create, like, good features. No.
1: I feel like the street section is good for skateboarders. And then if you ride vert, it's really good, like, in the little snake run. But that's really it.
0: Isn't there, like, a nice pool there, too? I think so, but I don't, I don't know. I don't like pools. That's the one area skateboarders got scooter riders. This yeah. tight transition.
1: But, like, Cooper
0: Clark slays. He does. But it's still, like... And also Lewis Williams, they they're all really good on pool coping, but if that's pool coping. I mean, like tight transition. Oh yeah, like shallow parts of pools. No, oh, yeah, yeah, we not That, are, that doesn't work. Yeah, I don't, you, care, I don't care who you are.
1: Well, that like we couldn't ride our pool outside. Like it's not a chance, dude.
0: But a skateboarder might be able to.
1: Yeah. Maybe. Maybe, but like they definitely have a better chance. Yeah, actually, I kind of want to see someone that's able to like really I guess it's just like walling in a way
0: but on a skateboard you go so much higher it's not it's not that it's it's how you can you can like how your feet can be with relationship to the board with your relationship to you being on a 90 degree wall it's basically like at all times your bars are going to be at this direction of the ground at all times yeah and it's like it's like when you when you hike your, your scooter up onto that 90-degree wall, your bars are going to be, like, pointing into the ground. And you have to, like, accommodate to that. But a skateboarder can literally just be up. Like, he can be above. Like, yeah. if we could bring the bars, like... Like, if they could flex the bars all the way up, then, like, you could then get into some positions like skateboarders. But, like, we just don't have that ability. Which is fine. Yeah, I feel like it's not
1: something that's really that we can tailwhip. scootering. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we can tail whip. We can... We do a we lot can of fakey switch nollie. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. You want to explain what that is? All right. So the fakey switch nollie. Only scooter riders can do fakey switch nollies. And it's because a scooter has a defined uh, front and back to itself. Like like the vehicle that you ride on. Um. And I mean, I guess you could do fakey switch nollie on a bike but it would just be your pedal position, yeah. Not really the same thing, yeah. No. So on a scooter, it's like, it's like if you if you jump switch, go fakie and pop off your front wheel. It's fakie switch nollie. But on a skateboard, if you went, if you were like riding, went switch, then you're. I'm just gonna say it. I would be goofy initially. Then I would jump to regular, and then I would do, a, fakie like fakie nollie, which would. Just be an ollie. <laughs> yeah. It would literally just be an ollie. Like, it, it. you can only go so far with it, but on a scooter, because what an ollie is, because an ollie is always defined to hopping off of the wheel, which your bars are connected to, then it has a defined point. But on a skateboard, it doesn't have a defined point. So unless it's like, unless every time you ollie it on your tail, it was like a tolly. And every time you ollied on your nose, it was a nollie, and and like, but if you ollied, but on your nose, it would still be a nollie. Like, it would just, it doesn't work with skateboarding. It doesn't work.
1: to scooters. We are superior. Um, Do you think that, like, just going back to like competing, right? If there was a street contest, like the Sovereign Street, for example, if that was a thing, whenever you first started riding, do you think that would have pushed you? to compete more or
0: would you still kind of been like, eh, I feel like that's a tough, uh, tough question to ask. I feel like, um, what was that? I have no idea. It sounded like a marching band or something outside. Yeah. Something just went on in our backyard. I don't know what it was, but that was weird. Um, <laughs> okay. But I feel like that's an interesting question because, like, I feel like the the era of when I grew up in scootering and and I feel like that's such a dumb thing to say because scootering is not that even that old. But when I was growing up in scootering,
1: I mean, it was a completely different era. It's before Instagram, or I guess it's yeah. like right when Instagram was first starting and no but one was, was really on it. No that one was, was on a,
0: YouTube. That was a completely different thing than it is yeah. now. And I feel like, for me, like. My, what I, what really got me off in scootering was, was seeing the innovation in the scooter parts, seeing like them get stronger and stronger, just seeing it go from a razor ultra pro or razor fold up until, uh, until what we have now, you know, it's like, what was cool to me is the constant innovation. in it It was cool for me to watch the sport evolve on a, like, uh, on a, from a manufacturing perspective and I feel like that's one of the key, indica- like key reasons why I got into scootering is I saw the possibilities of what you could do with a scooter in such a young industry. And I feel like that's what attracted me to scootering. It wasn't the idea of being a good scooter rider. Like, that was never, like... That was it was mis- just, like, the actual scooter itself is what really, like... Like, for me, it was, like, I always saw, like... Like, my dad did rally when I was a kid, and I would always mm-hmm. see him working on his car, and he, like, enjoyed the craft of working on his car. And and I would help him sometimes, but I like wanted my own thing that I could work on. Um, and I felt like a scooter was complex enough that I like didn't really know how it works. So I wanted to like figure that out. And then in me figuring that out, it was I was also riding my scooter a lot, yeah, and enjoying it. And then like when I, the first time I like saw like somebody riding bars that weren't fold up bars, I was like, wait, hold on a second. Like, you don't have to bolt your bars? What? Like, like I was like, hold on a second. He doesn't have adjustable bars. Like, w- w- hold up. <laughs> and then it kind of just, like, led me down a rabbit hole of just, like, wait a second. So what can you do? And then it got real interesting for me once when, when I realized, when I finally came to the realization, I was like, damn. Like, when they made the Ultra Pro, they just guessed a whole bunch of numbers. Like, the reason that, the, that wheels are 100 millimeters, or the reason that the wheels are 24 by 98, is that is a... Pre-made size of rollerblade wheel that they could already just order instead of creating a whole new mold for these whole new wheels. It was a cheaper alternative for them just yeah. to do that. And once I saw that there wasn't a lot of thought actually put into scooters, I, I feel was, like there really still isn't. But, like there, there are brands that do have a lot of. thought I feel put like there's a lot of thought put into professional scooters these days, but I think, I think initially they were trying to create a product that was that was designed to be sold. They were they it was could literally fold. It could literally. It could literally fold. And that was like that 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 was for ease of use. That was there was no idea of tricks. There was no like tricks were just not even part of the marketing plan. One bit. It was just purely like transportation vehicle. And then watching the progression of that transportational vehicle into what it is now, I feel like has been like one of the coolest things for me to watch. And that's what's really like gravitated me into scootering. It was never really like contest. It was never Cause I was like, I don't know. I was really kind of scared as a kid. Like I, I, I would push myself, but it, I felt like, I felt like I, I, I didn't have like, I didn't have any, I didn't have like a fearless born in my childhood. Like, I feel like if anything, I'm probably the most fearless now, now at this point in my life than I ever have. I was like, really, I had like a big shell. I was really scared to do things. So it was like really hard for me to like learn how to drop into like a four foot quarter pipe. It was really hard for me to like learn how to. Um, Do a tail whip That took me like two years And it was really hard for me to do A lot of these activities So it's kind of funny now It's like I'm considered a professional scooter rider But that was never the original goal Yeah But like when you were scared to do tail Was
1: it because you were scared of it hitting you Or was it just like your confidence level And it was just like not there I didn't believe
0: that I could do it huh. I, I, I I had a really difficult time in school growing up Um, And I had just challenging t- Like just a lot of challenges as like a child growing up in public education system. I had a very unique experience. Um, But, and I feel like a lot of the things that I experienced through that system was just a lot of reinforcement about what you can't do, what you're, what you shouldn't do. I was also very religious and I felt like I associated the feeling of adrenaline with the feeling of evil So if I felt myself, like, getting hyped or, like, being—getting excited— Saw as evil? Yeah. Or, or like, if I saw myself getting hyped or, like, feeling these thoughts of just, like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm just going to do this trick. Yeah. I saw that as being, like, mean. I saw that as being, like, evil because, like— I just didn't understand it. Because in, like, when I was going to church and stuff, like, it had been reinforced to me that you always have to think about your actions— like, don't be illogical, like, don't be illogical, like, you need to think about your things before you do it, you need to, you need to, like, like, and, and it was, like, I feel like, I feel like it's kind of, like, when you get angry, you have this, like, buildup of emotions, and when yeah, you do, like, a and you, like, trick, you have that, like, like,
1: uh, feeling, like, yeah. you, you gotta
0: let it out somehow, and you thought and I, that But was... I feel like that's very similar to doing a scooter trick. Oh, oh, yeah. So, for me, it was very hard to see the difference between it. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: That it was bad. See, like for me, I just like chased it all the time. And I didn't really know what it was. It was kind of just one of those things, like I had that feeling and I was like, okay, I really like this. I want to keep it. And then all the people I surrounded myself with, they all were like that. So it's just like easy to follow.
0: So that's like it's crazy. Like, yeah. Never thought that's how your brain worked. hmm Yeah, it was evil. So that I mean I'm still working on that now. It's like Is it still evil? No, it's it's more just like. I had such muscle memory of, like, if I started to get, like, if I started to, like, believe in myself, if I started to, like, I feel like there's a certain amount of, like, lying to yourself that needs to happen when you're doing a scooter trick. Like Yeah, you have to, like, trick your brain into thinking, like, hey, man, it's okay to do
1: this. Like, we may get hurt, but, like, actually, no, not even that. You have to, like, convince yourself that you're not going to get hurt. No,
0: you have to literally lie to your brain and be, like, you're not going to get hurt doing this, but you know damn well that you might get hurt doing that, and it's like. It's, but As long as you trick your brain, your brain's like, okay,
1: so like the and, go
0: lights on. So, but for me, it's like that was real. That was a really hard task because I felt like hmm. I was like being evil to myself when I was doing that, and I felt like I was I was lying to myself. I felt like I was potentially betraying myself. But I feel like that was, like, like they don't teach you how to, like, what to do with an adrenaline rush in church. They don't teach you what to do about <laughs> it in school.
1: Imagine if they did. You had an adrenaline class that you had to go
0: to. Like, all right, t- like, my third period, I got adrenaline class. And, like, who talks about adrenaline? It's, like, the dude, like, holding an energy drink. You know what I'm yeah. trying to say? Adrenaline, let's go! And it's, like, it's like for me, it was, like, that is a bad person with a bad drink telling me about this, this thing. So, okay,
1: but, like in that sense like your dad raced rally yeah so when you did you not think that he felt that way did you not think that like that was going through his head like you know while what? he
0: was racing um i had no perspective on what it was like when he was racing because that's, that's i fair. was never old enough to ride in the car with and, him and he
1: never really showed it or anything like it's not well, like he like showed you like damn I'm like I
0: was really scared blah 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 like it's not something that he was like telling you so I guess that makes my sense. My dad just like indefin- indefinitely like won <laughs> like that was just like the thing about the races is, is like if my dad would go to the race and every single time he would he would win by like a lot and and like occasionally he would he would get close with people or somebody would beat him but like my dad was also like organizing the event or not organizing it. He was like the safety inspector of the event, so he was just doing a lot of things while he was there, uh. and 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 he would go do his run, finish his run, and then he would be like going to like go check some other shit, and I and like he was he would never really like have time to like he would never explain to me like what is like the this is what I feel like when I'm doing this. I, I would feel just... like that's not something that like I would even think
1: of, really. Like if if someone was like I don't know like if I had a kid for example the last thing I would talk to them about is like the way that I
0: felt from my adrenaline. I feel like that one really, it's not something that really go through my head. I feel like also another reason is like, I feel like the only times that I did have adrenaline rushes as a kid was when something bad was about to happen. Oh, oh yeah, so that yeah, would make sense. So that that's would, why you saw
1: it as being evil because, like, yeah. whenever you were in tight situations, you had that same, like, oh, shit feeling.
0: <laughs> so I would just, I I would get scared for a scooter trick and I'd, I would think that I'm in a bad situation, which I kind of was because I was I, I potentially attempting to do a thing, something that's going to hurt me. But, like, I, that was just, that was that was difficult for me. So what got you past that? What got me past, um... I think
1: I think that cuz now like you you really don't give a shit like for the most part like you are scared obviously like everyone else but like now you're doing stuff so nonchalantly and it's like
0: wait what? <laughs> like I think I think people don't realize my learning curve. I feel like my learning curve is a lot slower than other people's. Um but once I have something, I have it and I don't mess up on it. And and it's really hard for me to learn that thing. Once I have that thing good, mm-hmm. like I, I, I can just do it, and I fully understand it. I have to like fully grasp whatever I'm doing. Like I have to be able to like completely understand it from like every single standpoint. And once I'm able to do that, then the trick just like, then it's just such a natural motion that I don't even think about. Mm. And I feel like in in a weird kind of way, like. I don't seek adrenaline. Like, like I never do a risky scooter trick unless I know I can do it. And whenever I'm in the scooter trick and I'm doing it, like I'm just, I'm very calm. And, and it's because like, I don't want to get my emotions worked up. I feel like I sometimes have like, like I think about when I competed in the, the scoot fest competition, I was, I was really like nervous the whole time. And then once they said go and it was like my turn to turn to go I just kind of like, I, I, I guess I had an adrenaline rush and I, I, I scootered really well. I did, I did tricks on command that usually take me a few tries and, and I, I really pulled some shit out, which I was stoked on. And I ended up beating a lot of recordable names and I, and, and I feel like that was like, that was like really cool. But like, I feel like when I get into a good adrenaline rush like, it's like, it's like I'm not thinking about the results of tricks. I'm just like if, if like if I if I'm thinking, then I'm not doing a hard enough trick. Like it, that's like so weird to say, but it's basically like, like the best adrenaline rushes for me is when I'm just in the action of doing it. I'm not there. Isn't these like secondary thoughts that are built off of my action about questioning, like self doubt. Um, irrational thoughts, side thoughts that just don't make any sense. Like, and I feel like that's like, it's hard for me to contain not overthinking tricks. Yeah. But once, once I am able to like not overthink it, then it's fine. Hmm. But a lot of like, a lot of times, like even when I'm doing scary, scary, scary scooter tricks, like I'm over, I'm overthinking it. Even if I land it. Like, I have this bad tendency. Whenever I like do a scary trick down like an- any sort of handrail that's over like eight feet, I just have this like this like screen that flashes in front of my eyes of just like breaking my leg every single time. Like I just see that, yeah. and I I always I always land the trick, but I I just like I don't know. See, for me, I I always imagine myself riding away,
1: even if I'm eating crap like a bunch of times, I. I still envision myself riding away every time. But my problem is, is that like for you, you like to be more calm. And then if your adrenaline gets too high, like it kind of makes you like, it's like too much almost. And for me, it's like, um, I guess this is the same way. Cause like sometimes my adrenaline gets too high and that normally happens during contests. So that kind of prevents me from like doing what I want to do because my adrenaline takes over and I start like,
0: I get too hyped. Would you describe adrenaline as controlled anxiety? Yeah. Cuz I feel like adrenaline is a horrible word for adrenaline. Like adrenaline is this like is this like feel good, like creamy, like yeah. good sounding word, but I feel like it's it's like adrenaline's kind of a spiky word. Like it's kind of a it's kind of a
1: it's like well, it is anxiety at the end of the day, like you know it, you it know. really is.
0: And I feel like if, if, or is anxiety adrenaline? I mean, we're, we're just we're playing around with the English words right now. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, that's true. Yeah. it's like there might, there might be like we're talking about adrenaline and anxiety, but there might be like three variants. But no, that's true. That that's they've true. only seen two of them. You know what I mean? Like, but, I, but I mean in the sense of like, but I feel like they're definitely cousins. anxiety and adrenaline are
1: cousins when i get anxiety it's like a crappy adrenaline rush it's like a bad trip almost like that's like that's the same way i would describe it i guess like i don't know it's like same same but different and i don't know i feel like i don't know how to get past the point of like because whenever i hear go during a contest right yeah um it's like my adrenaline gets so high and it's almost like I just drank an energy drink and I like, you know how you get really like twitchy and Sometimes like Sometimes I feel like I have
0: to go to the bathroom. Oh yeah.
1: Same. It, the, the, yeah, the nervous peas. The first time I ever felt that is actually when I was racing bikes when I was younger and, um, I like walked up to the gate and right when I get up there, I was like, Oh, I have to be so bad. I was like, why? Like, well, like I literally just went to the bathroom. Why do I feel this way? And then the next race, I had gone to the restroom. I went back up to the gate. Same thing. And I, it was like the first time that I ever had that like crazy nervous feeling. And now every single time I'm nervous, I have to pee. Even like while I'm filming a trick, I have to pee. Every time.
0: Before every I, before every contest run, I have to pee. For me, it's not that bad. Uh, for me, it's like I, it's more like a number two, to be honest. Really? Like I. I, but it's not like, it's not like I'm like, <laughs> Imagine I, shitting your pants or your it's not like, it's, it's not like, it's not like I, it's like, I have to go to the bathroom. It's just kind of like, you know, you like, you know, like when you like your stomach kind of like grumbles and you're like, damn, I'm about to have like horrible stomach cramps right now, yeah. but it's just the initial starting of it. Yeah. It's like, it's like that. It's like just a little bit of like stomach cramps. Do you like, you know, when you have to like, you have to pee so bad and
1: you kind of have to like cross your legs and make like weird movements. Sometimes it gets that bad. And then right when they say go, that's gone. But then my adrenaline goes like, whoop. And then the rest of the day, I'm fine. Like, I don't have to pee or anything. It's weird. Yeah. Is there something to that? Maybe it's just like a mentality thing. And like your nervous system is just like freaking out and it's trying to figure out like, like maybe there's so much adrenaline going through your body. And you're so nervous that it
0: thinks that something's wrong. And I think it's, it's just it's fight going, or flight. Like, like fight or flight, just like flickering. And like be going back and forth because you just have to like wait for your time to go in the contest. Like I feel like your human body is designed to do something right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like a reflex. But when you have to postpone that reflex and you have to keep it under control, like that can just kind of like make other parts of your body go crazy. Hmm. I wonder if there's ever been like a
1: study about that. I'm kind of curious. I have no idea. Because I've talked to a lot of people and they all say the same thing. Even like before soccer games and stuff, I always had to yeah it's where like before lacrosse games when you played was it ever like that
0: not really no and
1: I, I feel like it's a different adrenaline though it's it's more of like like when you're playing sports it's not like the same adrenaline rush that you get during a contest run and i think that's because it's all you and you're not with like a big group of I people like,
0: i feel like there's a bigger chance of me going to the hospital scootering than there was in lacrosse like I was more concerned about losing in the cross. You're not thinking about getting a ball to the face. No. I mean, I I was more just concerned about losing to the opponent team than I was ever worried about, like, getting sent out in an ambulance. But, like, in scooter comps, like, you have to, like, risk yourself. Dude, almost every contest we've been to, someone goes to the hospital. Yeah. And that's just, like, a thing. Yeah.
1: Which... This is just me saying this. I don't know if it's necessarily true but like from the skate contest and bike contest I've seen I like rarely see anyone go to like really anyone go to the hospital during those events I think just like maybe it's because on a scooter a lot of people especially doing park contests they're doing tricks until like the last second and they're going so big and so that makes it like a little bit more dangerous than other sports. Just be in that sense, because it's like the risk level is higher.
0: I have no idea. I think, I think scooters, like, I think scooters are really trying to hit as big as rail as skateboarders. And I feel like scooters are trying to go as high as bikers. Dude. I think scooters are starting to get into the realm of like
1: rollerblades. No, nah, we still have to get skateboarding first with grass. Uh, Oh yeah Okay yeah I take that back Because I guess rollerbladers go, do like Fat rails Like that one at that school in Mesa Okay there was this huge Huge rail like me and Will Just like saw these rails outside of school So we like hopped the fence and went and looked at it And When we got inside there was this fat rail We're like dude what if And I, I sent Will the video Of a rollerblader doing it the other day and I, I don't, I have
0: no idea how I did it. It was like a high hop and a it's long like, rail. It's like
1: a, and it was a double kink
0: too. Yeah. <sighs> I feel like it's easiest though to go through kinks on on rollerblades.
1: Oh yeah, because you can like pick your feet up.
0: You can you can like accommodate for it.
1: Yeah, and maybe it's maybe because it's plastic
0: as well. Maybe that makes it easier because they're actually grinding on plastic. I know. I think it's the fact that you have like, like. On a on a on a scooter, you have at all times one point of contact on the rail. That's true. And also you have edges too. And on a rail, but on on a yeah, on a scooter, you only ever have, have one point of contact. But on a bike, you have two points of contact unless you're doing a five o or or an ice or a tooth. Because right. then you have you have both pegs, and those are two different points on a skateboard. Unless you're doing anything with the deck, if you're if you're on the trucks, you have two points of contact. Yeah, and then on rollerblades, you have two points of contact because each one of your feet, unless you're doing a one foot. And also, it's an adjustable two points of contact. Exactly, it's an adjustable two points of contact that. Yeah, so they can literally like
1: if they're about to fall, like uh, spread mm-hmm. their legs a little bit. Hmm. Dude, that's crazy. At some at some point we're gonna get to that level though because I think like we're making that progress because scooter scootering's really only been like how long do you think it's been like really progressing since like 2005 maybe to 2008 2008
0: that's when it's been going hard
1: it's like 12 years 12 years 12 years we're getting to <laughs> double flare quad
0: whips how do you think Jordan's got the 540 double flare on a bike. Probably he should just do it. What if he triple flared a bike? What if he just did that? I think he has a better chance of landing on a bike than a scooter. I think the person, if there was one person that had a triple flare on a bike right now and they had to land it for all of humanity to survive, I think Jordan's got the best shot. Yeah. But what sucks
1: is that even if he does it, he's going to get hated on because he has a small bike and he's a scooter rider. Does he have a small bike? Yeah. He has like really thin tires and his bike's super light. It's basically a scooter. Hmm. which not taken away from what he's doing like it's gnarly but in the bike world it's kind of like the weight weenie thing it's the same same thing like if you have a light scooter with like a bunch of holes drilled in it and you're doing all these crazy tricks people are like oh well like that's sick but you're you have like a bunch of holes in it making it like a little bit easier than doing it on a scooter the size of My Derek Mars or a bunch of holes in it <laughs> or it did yeah but you're not like really worried about having the smallest scooter
0: yeah, no. Having the lightest. I always I think people that have modified scooters are the cool people. Cause it's like you're you're creating your scooter for you. No, exactly. That that is tight.
1: Like. And also I feel like we've pushed that a lot, like scooter modifications. Yeah. Cause I feel like a lot of kids weren't really painting their scooters. So many
0: kids have painted scooters now. That's sick. Oh yeah.
1: Do I like I saw this kid at AZ Grind the other day and he had like the same um hydro dip um, apex deck the way that I had mine. And mm-hmm. I was like, I see you. Oh yeah, dude. It Kicks might not have been on purpose,
0: but I was sick. What else you got on there?
1: Well, so if you guys didn't know how Endowed works, Will does all the graphics. He's like has creative control of all the stickers, shirts, everything. And then I'm kind of behind the scenes. I do like like communication and all that good stuff. So I wanted to ask you because I feel like the way that you think is very different than other people. And I think like, that'd be cool for people to hear. So like when you're creating graphics, like how does it start? And like, what gets you to that point of like having the final graphic? And I know each graphics different. But, like, if you're able to summarize. Like, coming from your brain to to your iPad.
0: I think... Um, I think... The easiest way I can describe it is basically, like... I'll see... I'll see... Either... Like, a piece of Play-Doh... Being formed and morphed into a shape, um, or I'll see just a window that will reveal whatever I'm trying to see through the window. It's whatever one. This is a. Are these theoretical? Like no, this is what I'm visually seeing in my brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what I'm saying, like, I'm not saying like there's no actual. Yeah, yeah the, no, this is theoretical. Um, and then I, I basically um, follow the path. Like I, 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 my mind literally moves forward and I'm going through it throughout like a tunnel. And, uh, then I basically feel, I feel like, uh, a, a, like a, a unique feeling, a unique emotion. And I feel this unique emotion that I, that I usually have never felt before. It's like a variant of a emotion that I have felt before, but it's usually like a new emotion. That's just like. Usually, like, a, I mean, it's a good emotion, you know. I'm trying to create, like, good clothing, like, or at least, like, happy or, like, like, so. <laughs> like, nice clothing. So, it like, when I when I get that feeling of just, like, all right, this is it. So then I basically either, like, see how it is going to be designed or I see kind of, like, a, a shadow of what it's going to be. And then I I have the shadow of what it's going to be in my brain and I have the energy of how I know it's going to make me feel. And I basically create like I do my best effort to create the shadow um, onto my my paper or whatever I'm drawing. And the
1: shadow is kind of just like a like a blurred out version of what you
0: want to be the finalized thing. Yeah, it's just kind of like a an estimate, like a calculated estimate of what I project it's going to look like. Um, And then I draw that to my best ability, and then I. Then I, uh, once I draw that, once I get all my information down, I start, uh, modifying that thing and I start whittling that thing down until the logo that it is. Yeah, there you go. That's how I usually come to designs. And I think that's sick. Because it's, lo- it's all just 100% for my brain, usually with very little outside influence.
1: Because also, a lot of people think, um, because every time we come up with like graphics or from your Instagram and stuff like that, a lot of people think that you're doing like psychedelics to to have this and that you're on it all the time. But you're like, <laughs> you're not. This is how you think, and I I feel like that needed
0: to be touched touched yeah, on. No, because I, I'm just I'm just like that. Like I'm just yeah, I'm I'm just always thinking about you. Think differently than anyone I ever met. Yeah, I have a very like photographic mind, um, and it's just. It's just how I think. You see things in like symbols, right? Patterns. Patterns. See, like I can't even like contemplate it. Yeah, everything is just patterns. Just different arrangements of patterns. And then when you really think about just everything, everything is just patterns, you know, human behavior, everything is just patterns. And I feel like uh, I'm just able to relate patterns i'm able to catch on to things like quickly it's like I, I i see how people react to situations and i relate that to different patterns i've seen previously or i've observed somewhere else and then i i just i see everything it's just patterns everything is pattern and literally like the designs that i make are, are also patterns and those patterns are representations of how i see human activity happen so wait, what do you mean by human activity so like in my day-to-day life you know i i I see the way people react. I see the way people do things. I see the way that... And that, and that correlates with shapes? Yes. How? Because they are shapes in my mind of how people react. If someone's angry, then it creates a sharp shape. If someone's soft, it's, it's like a not a sharp shape. But that's just like a, such a basic way of describing it. It's an energy um, along with the shadow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, it's really hard for me to like put this into English. You know, Elon Musk is talking about a neural link that where you can transmit huge sums of information to another person's brain. If I was able to do that, y'all would understand what I'm talking about so well, but I just sound like I'm on drugs or something right now, but I'm well, not. But I wonder if you would. Like, I, I wonder if, like,
1: because, like, when he says that you're able to transfer data from other people's brains to yours or your brain and to what, theirs. What would that
0: be? That'd be a select pattern of neurons reacting in a certain way that gets transmitted to another person's brain. But
1: that... what I'm getting at is like, since everyone thinks differently, right, I feel like even if, let's say, you wanted to show me something that you were thinking, I feel like my brain wouldn't be able to contemplate it because it's something that, like, it's not how my brain thinks. It's like a different format. Yeah. So it's it's like trying to send, like, like a like a tif file to like my computer it just doesn't work i don't know i have no idea so like so i don't know if it's like at some point maybe there'd be like a i don't know cuz i just don't know how it would even transfer
0: i don't know That's no weird. idea <laughs>
1: but we're i feel like in the next like 10 15 years it's just going to be like Podcasts aren't even going to be a thing anymore. We're just going to be sitting here. This is just going to be a relic. That's... We're just going to be looking at each other. And we're
0: going to have our microphone plugged into our Neuralink. We're just going to we sit there for five minutes. All right. Great conversation. <laughs> just like a 10-hour long conversation. That'd be
1: crazy.
0: But shit, we'll find out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I actually, yeah, I don't want to get into it. I was about to say something, but it was it. I would have gone down a huge rabbit hole. That would it would have been hard for the audience to follow. It's rabbit hole time. What other question you got? It's all I really had. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Hit me. Well, why don't do actually you, hit me, but... Why do you like contests? Why have you chosen to put yourself in the position of being a comp rider? And then, do you have any goals, furthermore, within being a contest rider and being a full-time scooter rider? Well, so since I came from a small town
1: and I rode with a lot of bikers and all they ever talked about was contests. We'd have bike contests at our local skate park and, um, I'd always see X games and I'd see all that stuff. So in my mind, it was like contests were really the only way to really get your name out there, especially me being from like some random town in Texas. and. I did my first contest in 2012, I want to say. Yeah, I think it was 2012. And I was at Alliance Skate Park in in, um, Grand Prairie, Texas. So after I did that, I met a bunch of people, um, people that I'm still friends with to this day. And I feel like that's what really, it wasn't my goal. Right. Like, I feel like I just kind of like morphed into it because I found out like that's really the way that I found my sponsors. I got my name out there because I like did a gap there and everyone was like super hyped. And um, I just really like that feeling because I really like showing off. That's just like who I am. And um, it kind of gave me the ability to be like all eyes on me right now so I can show like what I'm capable of doing. And I actually really enjoy that. Because, got you, um, and it pushes myself. Nowadays, I feel like I don't like it as much because it is so stressful, and it's like such you feel a
0: obligated because yeah, of the name yeah, of you course. have in scootering that you have to do well at competitions.
1: Oh yeah, hundred percent. But that's how every pro feels, you know. Like we're all we're all good friends, but at the end of the day, like I I have to beat them, right? And so it's like we're friends, and then we're like battling, and then we're friends but it's not like in the same sense of like the Olympics or anything like that, where there's like beef and stuff like not really. And, um, sometimes but, there is no, yeah, 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 of course. But for the most part, there isn't, but I just, I just really like contest because that's how I've met literally everyone. That's how we've been able to travel. Yeah. Like, like, cause literally every trip that we've been on is like, we got flown out from our sponsors to this event. And then from the event, we just kind of went and did our own thing. And then we have like the other tours, like the Australia tour and stuff like that. And, uh and then like the European trip from freaking AJ scooters, shout out to AJ scooters. Um, but yeah, I, uh for that, I really like it, but now it's really stressful. Like I think overly stressful because it's like, I think that's, maybe why I don't do so well is because I always think that like I need to do a bigger trick than I need to which in reality every time I've done well I've always just kind of like half-assed it in a way just did like my everyday tricks instead of trying to do like a flared finger double whip or something mid mid run which never really works and that's that's also good back that goes back to my adrenaline problem is like I get too hyped up and I'm like oh I got this but I don't have it because I'm like <laughs> 10% energy, and I can only do that trick at, like, 90 to 100. So, yeah. Got you. Yeah. Uh, but what was the other part of your question?
0: Do you still have any goals within the scootering park scene? Uh, Like, not park scene, competition scene.
1: Oh, no. Not really. No? No. I just think, like... I just feel like right now there's... I feel like they're doing the best that they can, but there are issues in the comp scene right now. And um, it's kind of bumming, not just for me, but just for, like, everyone. Because normally, like, the recent contest, whenever the results come out, it's, like, not everyone agrees, right? Like, everyone believes this person should have won, but this person won. And then, like, no one really... There's no justification for it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that kind of bums me out because it's I like... I feel
0: like scooter contests are a little bit hard sometimes because it's so opinion-based oh, on the winners.
1: 100%. And I feel like... There's not like a salt like a really good structure for how the actual contest should be. It's kind of just like... Almost every contest is different. And sometimes they'll change the rules in the middle of the contest and not tell anyone. And then you're like, wait, what?
0: <laughs> yeah, every contest is different. Um... I feel like the real reason people go to contests is to be just in the presence of a lot of other scooter riders. Yeah. Because and it I is a good like, energy. Yeah, no, it's a great energy. But I feel like I feel like everyone is there for every reason that the comp isn't trying to like achieve. Yeah. Like I feel like I think that's the one of the funny things about scootering. Um, but I wish there was like an improvement in the scooter competitions. Yeah. And I feel like now with COVID, I understand the online competitions and everything, but like,
1: I just feel like it's unnecessary. I feel like it's just
0: like, well, because everything's been rushed this year. It's just, it just defeats the purpose of the scooter competition. Like if the best part of the scooter competition is seeing everyone, then like you're missing the objective by just trying to crown a winner here and there. And also when you're watching
1: it, like for the viewer, it's so much more exciting when you hear the crowd. Yeah. You know, it's just so much different. Like for example, like the NFL A lot of their games, they don't have people even in the audience, but they put fake audience into like as sound effects. So that way the viewer isn't as like bored, obviously. UFC works. That's dope. I really like how they do that because you can hear everything. But um, especially for a scooter contest and like action sports in general, like action sports is built off of like the hype, right? Instead of you going out and filming a basically a video part, for like 60 seconds that's pretty much what you're doing there's no hype nothing behind it it's just
0: kind of like there's also not any good marketing behind it either like none of these companies like have a plan of how they're going to like mass blow this to like the to everyone no and and i feel like that's that's just like an issue so it's a big issue within the the scootering is because they rely on the riders to make it like a big deal but it's like they also rely on the riders to like do, they literally they rely on the riders to like do everything. Like, let's yes. be honest. <laughs> they like don't expect. Like, it's almost
1: like they're they don't want to do any of the work. Like, they they feel like that they've already done the work setting up the contest, and they don't feel like they need to do any of the marketing. But they they do, <laughs> like obviously. And I feel like that is affecting the
0: comp scene because and it's, and it's a bummer because there's like I would say there's like f- probably five to ten scooter riders in the scooter community where all of those obligations have just dropped onto them because it's just like, oh, you have a big following, make the scooter competition, make a lot of people show up. And it's just this obligation that, like, scooter riders, if they have large followings, have to, like, put on these scooter competitions because, like, if you don't, then you're, like, not supporting scootering. and, And, like, I just feel like it's, like, it's not their obligation, you know? Like maybe this maybe the comp scene like made him big maybe the comp scene got him big numbers but like if you continue to support that rider they're going to shout you out yeah they're going to and like i feel like it's just this like unspoken disagreement <laughs> no it is it's this unspoken disagreement that no one wants nor- to confront cuz normally when you talk to another pro
1: like everyone has a big disagreement about what's happening but nothing ever changes
0: it's all unspoken disagreements
1: Yeah Because like if you mentioned to someone like, Oh yeah I don't like that I'm like well why didn't have you said anything they're like, "Oh, no, no, no. I'm like well the only thing that, The only way it's going to change Is if you like speak up and say something Yeah But I feel like people are just scared to say things Because they don't want to offend the person That's running the contest And then maybe not get invited or something Maybe that's it But I feel like a lot of people don't really care Yeah I have no idea But they do care a lot at the same time I don't know. I just want to see a change, like a good change, because especially after this year, it's just like all the contests have been figured out. I I feel like they've they figured it out like two three weeks ahead of like maybe that, Mm -hmm.
0: and that's just not the way to go about it. I also feel like some of the scooter comps this year have like they they're doing them because they feel like they have to do them. Yeah. And not, they're not doing them because they have a great idea about how they're going to make a scooter competition great. They're just doing it because they're like, we have to do something this year. Like, we have to. If we don't, yeah. then it's, it's then like... The, 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 the competitor scene will do a competition, and that's exactly what's happening. Is Like, like kids
1: aren't going to stop scootering because there's not a contest, like, for one year. Like... Like, no one really cares that much. Like, comps are sick, but, like... I feel like... A big problem as well is people aren't really like stoked for contests as much as they were. I feel like it's all because of the unspoken disagreements. Yeah. Once again. Yeah, because it gives like this bad energy and like an unspoken bad energy and everyone kind of just like, I don't know, everyone feels it when you're at the contest,
0: not like as excited as you should be. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I also feel like younger scooter comp should be done differently. Like, like,
1: like I like the beginner and amateur ones. Oh, yeah. I think they should be, like, Tampa Am, for example.
0: I feel like that. Like, the, that's, that's huge. There like, needs to be, like, some sort of a junior world title. Didn't? That, like, kids think, fly out to do. I think World
1: Skate did that last year. Yeah, but, like. But uh, it
0: wasn't big.
1: It, it was kind of like, like, hey, it,
0: they're here. Cool. Like, there's, like, a crowned best AM kid in the world. Do you know Dude, what I'm no, it should say? be, like, if that kid wins, he goes pro. And then that's how you become pro. That's how you get on the pro, pro roster for the next contest year.
1: Yeah, that's exactly how it is in Tampa AM. And I like how they do that because there's all these amateur skaters coming out. And it's like, okay, who's going to go pro this year? Like, who's going to win? And it makes this big thing. But right now, there's no, there's no way to become an actual professional scooter becomes pro and scooter. It's literally a hearsay.
0: Like it's, it, it's it's some old dude who doesn't scooter decides whether you're going to be a pro.
1: No, it's some old dude that makes a post on Instagram, and that's it. And then that person is pro. And you maybe get an email. And never a contract. No. <laughs> you don't get a sig deck out of it. You don't. There's nothing dope that happens when someone becomes pro. Because there's there's change. no such
0: thing. That needs to change within scootering.
1: Yeah. The only the only way that you become pro in scooters right now is if you check off the pro
0: list during your and contest. Do you know what's funny is like I feel like there's a lot of like even pro riders that wouldn't consider me pro, but would consider themselves pro just based off of ability. Just based off opinion. But it's like they work a job and I live off scooters. So my profession is scootering. Right, but they're considered more of a pro than I am. Like I, I don't it's just the whole definition of like pro yeah. meaning your profession or is pro this word that means I'm better than you? I feel like in scootering it means that I'm better than you. I think that's what it's came down to.
1: But it also like I've met kids and like no offense, because I've, I also did this when I was younger, like kids that just learn flips at a skate park, they can just say that they're pro, right? Like there's nothing that's like, oh, well, have you done this many contests? Have you won this contest to become pro? No. So you can't say you're pro, bro. You know, like literally anyone could say that. Like a kid that learned a tail yesterday could say he's pro. And, and what makes him not pro? Like, there's nothing. There's
0: no qualification.
1: No. Which, I will say, Action Space is doing like that, the um, like scoring system. Yeah, but... I, it's dope, but there's so many flaws with it.
0: There's so many flaws. And they haven't
1: talked to anyone. Um, I get that they're trying to do something different and trying to make scooters more legit, but like you can't make scooters more legit if you haven't talked to anyone else, and you're you kind of just doing do you, your own thing.
0: Do you want to hear something interesting? Remember at Action Space last year, where did they do the Am Comp?
1: Did they do an Am Comp?
0: Yes. Where did they do it?
1: Uh, I don't remember. The street section.
0: Was it? Remember what you had a kid that you competed with?
1: Oh, was that an AMCOMP, Comp though? It was like a pro Am. I'm I'm gonna call it Am Comp.
0: Okay. So let's just suppose that, like, every year at at at, at
1: but those at, kids weren't even Am. They were like, there was like a there was like two kids that were um maybe am but like the other kids were like, they like couldn't pry flip.
0: <laughs> but it's, like, like no like,
1: offense to them, but like it's just like,
0: like no no, but like you can't w- call w- an w- am comp if what what I'm trying to say though is like hypothetically, if there was an am comp that 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 went down there, and and like um every year. Kids that observed and watched this am comp, watch you go down to the skate park. Yeah, they would get really good at that part of Corby because they knew that at some point they're going to compete in that little section. That part right there is the street section. They're going to get really good at riding street, and then when they get p- bumped up to the pro division, they have they're to gonna, ride big boy ramps. They have to ride. No, I wouldn't call them big boy ramps. It's just a different discipline. Oh, I guess that's true. But like, because I'm that, just saying that, because that the... handrail, that double kink handrail is a big boy ramp. It is.
1: That's true.
0: What I'm trying to it's but what I'm trying to emphasize is it's a different discipline. Yeah, that's true. Do, yeah. Do you know it's a it's a whole like I would say that there's some like sim, similar risk. I would say the box jump and that double kink handrail very similar risk, and it's just it's just a completely different definition of precision it's a different definition of of what it takes to land the trick the handrail trick is going to like potentially be a longer time span trick you're going to be on the rail for a longer amount of time than you're going to be in the air yeah but it's like in the air you have to be more you have to be more spatially aware in certain ways that you don't have to be on the rail. Like it's right in every single way it's a different discipline and it's like i feel like I feel like that was like kind of poor for them to like. Yes she had done it in the same section ex- as the pros. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? And then yeah. it was an it was all, it was really frustrating because it's like wow they went through all the time and effort to like decorate the section, but not include the other discipline like other pro right. It riders. should have been a street
1: comp. Not it should have been like they brought in the top street riders of the street comp that happened at Worlds. Yes. Right. The top riders from that. They bring him in and they have a banger ass contest in that set. Dude, because that would be insane. That's where I competed at Scoop Fest. Yeah, I know. And it went ham. Yeah. Like I think that one got like two million views or something like that. Yeah.
0: Because it's like you the best of the best were there. And I feel like I feel like that was that's really hard when you have a competition series put down the money that Action Space does. But continues to reinforce the divide within the sport. Right. I think that that's that's scary. That's yeah. a that that's that's a potentially like dangerous thing. And I feel like, but they're not going to talk to anyone about it. But it, then again, it, once again, it's a it's an unspoken disagreement. Yeah.
1: Like if they listen to this and I don't know, maybe they agree, disagree, they won't change anything.
0: I feel like that's the whole point of this, though. Yeah, because we're gonna hear lots of different opinions about this, and maybe some opinions that completely contrast what we're saying. Yep, um, sure. But I, but I like, mean, like,
1: I feel like they won't even take it into consideration.
0: I feel like the best possible place for a contest to happen that would be a clear winner and a clear, like, a, a yeah, clear winner and just like easy to judge and easy for sp- fans to spectate. Would be a very similar to how snowboard like finals go down, where they they do half of the comp, half of the, the the section is like a plaza, and the other half of the section is box jumps. And I think oh, you're not talking
1: about slope style, right? I think slope style, yeah. Slope style is is like they have the upper
0: level that street and yeah. then they get into yeah. the big ramps as yeah. one I think that's, thing that's like how like that's how a scooter competition would need to go down everyone's riding the exact same ramps so like it's that. like in order for them to complete a run they would have to ride both disciplines or all disciplines of scootering yeah and then they would have- you mean like
1: everyone would have to ride the same ramps or do nothing necessarily
0: I think that giving the op- riders the, op- the I
1: guess in snowboarding they don't ride the same obstacles they, they just ride they the have, same
0: they have like they have like probably ten street features they can choose from in every right. run they can hit three or four, yeah. and then and then then they all have to hit the same three j- jumps. Yeah.
1: but then it really shows their creativity because it's like there's only these these ten rails and it's like how are you going to use
0: them? And they're all unique, big, terrifying rails that yeah. like that like are going to be good for an audience to watch. But also beyond that, it's like once the rider crosses the finish line or falls, it's a very, very clear start and stop. Yeah. And I feel like that's a big gray area in contests because like what if your run counted as like a fall if you got off your scooter? I mean, technically falling on your scooter is getting off of it. So it's like when, when a rider jumps off to the side, Jumps up on top of another ramp with his feet, bends down, grabs the scooter, hikes it up there. Yeah. Puts his scooter in fifty-fifty, wipes off his hands, spits in his hands, wipes them off again, drops in. Spits on his it's like, it's like, it's like, dude, like, like, how is that not a fall? You know what I'm trying to say? Like,
1: like, it's yeah, no, that's true. Like, and, if you and, get off and reset and take that breath, you should, I think you should be like deducted points. That's
0: why Chris Ferris is so uh, such an amazing rider goes goes, to watch. goes goes goes. He he does he does not lose the intensity and I feel like in a competition series where it was like a course that they had to follow and they could do what they want during the course, but it but it, but a set defined course of start and finish, I feel like it would take away a lot of gray in contests, <laughs> and that would take away take away a lot of like arguments that are, would arise from people being upset about who actually won. Yeah. Also I think like 45
1: second runs are the way to go because normally people run out of places to go and energy by the end of 60 seconds. Yeah. And it's shorter. Cause like,
0: I feel like for an audience, 45 would be like the way to go. Almost. I want to see, I think I've only like kind of witnessed it one time, but I'd want to see like a park comp have the same energy as a street comp. Or a street jam Where everyone shows up to the comp And it's just like Alright who's gonna throw down the best trick Just go And it's just like a sesh Until it finally like turns into everyone crowded around one obstacle And one homie's about to do something like Beyond And I feel like Worlds did that Like think, Extreme
1: Barcelona? Yeah Extreme that, Barcelona that dude comp
0: Best trick went off
1: And they couldn't stop us either Like I was trying my trick Um and they were trying to stop me. I remember Paul came up to me. He's like, you have to stop. And I was like, bro, you're going to have to like punch me or like knock me out in order to stop me. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and like backed off. And then he like went on the radio. He's like, hey, uh, yeah, they're not stopping. And then like... Um, <laughs> they're not stopping. Like Romette did the 1440. And then... Uh, Jamie Hall did double backflip, Quint fr- whip. Yeah. And then uh, Jane Stanley did the fat St- Stanley flip drop that was nuts um that was just like people were just hucking it i remember branson tried to flip that gap the gap that i was doing got broke off dude he got bucked because
0: he like landed flat and then uh dylan also did something yeah he did he did something crazy
1: but but that goes right back to the point of like that whole contest wasn't really it's not promoted by writers it's promoted by, like, just the contest itself from people being there and the energy. And
0: that's, that's how it should be. They shouldn't rely on riders to do all the work for them. Yeah. And I feel like that's, like, where Undialed comes in as a very, a very crucial r- resource in scootering is Undialed could be the place where, where a contest is streamed. Or, or, That'd be dope. Because, because, like, there's just not really a good outlet for that. There's not a
1: place where, every, where you can see every contest. And, like, Undial could be
0: that. Maybe. That, that'd be sick. We'll see. We'll see. Anything's possible. Exactly. That's all that matters. Dang, it's already been an hour and a half. Where does it show it?
1: Um, Down in the bottom right-hand corner.
0: It's only been an hour and a half. Yeah. Like it's been longer than that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so boring. Now it's- <laughs> Do you want to wrap it up here? Yeah, I think it's fine. Okay, I'm sick. Because we could talk all night. Yep. All right, but guys. Go wait. for it all right all right guys well i hope you enjoyed this little segment of podcast i feel like for clayton and i this is like honestly kind of hard because there's so many of these topics we talk about all the time this is just like almost every day this is just a normal conversation that we've been having um when we have other guests on here i feel like things are going to get a little bit more juicy because uh i don't i don't know those other people as well as I know clayton and i feel like i kind of already know the answers he's going to say just because i live with him which is fine. Which is fine, and that's why he's the first episode, and that's why we're going to uh, continue to do this. But yeah, I, I I just feel like this. It's gonna
1: be dope no matter what, and I'm excited to have more people on and progressively just make the studio better, add more things, and progressively you're gonna see this this whole podcast
0: just become like even more badass. And once again, to reassure, this podcast is for the growth of scootering. This podcast is 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 a place for like-minded scooter individuals to enjoy and find things for their brains to chew on and to think about. And the most valuable comments you can leave on this video is your own insights. Not tearing down somebody else's insights, but just your own take on what you think is going on. So if you guys have a take of what you guys think is going on about any of the conversation pieces we had during this podcast, don't be afraid to comment down below. That's why we wanted to make this whole podcast freedom of expression, opinion,
1: everything. There's no, because the world's full of opinions. And
0: and yeah, I mean, there's no right or wrong. So there's no right or wrong. So we're just here to talk and we're here to uh, take your time and put it towards good
1: thought. Exactly. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of y'all's day. We have a clothing drop on December 5th and we'll see you in the next video. Peace out. Peace.